Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Making Learning Special podcast, where we'll be discussing everything from early childhood development, strategies, tips and tricks, all the way to the nitty gritty realities of parenting. I'm your host, Madonna Lazo-Smith, and with me is my co-host and husband, Zach Smith. So today is our very first episode. I am pumped and excited for this. And what we'll be doing today is talking about three strategies of making learning special. So before we go into that, I want to give you a little bit of our background and the why and the how we started this podcast. So my name again is Madonna. I'm your host and my background is in speech language pathology. I'm a speech language pathologist, SLP for short, and some people might know us as speech therapists or speech teachers, but basically an overview of that is we help people communicate. And for me as a speech language pathologist, I um, focused on the pediatric population. I specialize especially um, on the pediatric early intervention population, which is from birth through five years old. So I work very closely with families and their little ones, but I've also treated a lot of different um, populations all the way from the geriatric population. So basically I um, help individuals who might have autism, who have speech and language delays, people who um, aren't able to articulate certain sounds and you know, um, individuals with hearing loss. Those are just a few populations that I treat. And a big part of my philosophy right now, I own my own private practice, making learning special. I've also worked in the school system and the healthcare system. And as a private practitioner, my big philosophy is involving the family, whether I'm working with adults, whether I'm working with kids, the family and the environment is a huge part of the child's success and development. And I'll go more into that. So basically, that's me as a speech language pathologist and a little bit about my background. Uh, Go ahead, Zach, take it away. All right, all right. I am your co-host, Zach. I am a fitness and nutrition coach. I've been doing that for many years now. I have been with Madonna, actually, as of the recording of this first episode. We are about 33 years old, right? Uh, We've been together since we were 15, high school, sweethearts, all that good stuff. Uh, We've been together for pretty much over half of our lives now. We are, I'm, I'm obviously the husband. I'm also a father to our almost three-year-old kid. She's two, what, two and three-fourths right now or whatever. I don't want to say the months because, you know, you know, when people, oh, my kid's 48 He's months. two and a half. He's, you know, we'll say two soon. and a half. All right, we're two, two and a half, crazy old, uh, crazy little kid, ace. Um, and, and my job here is just to kind of give, you know, be a soundboard, be, be, a, be an objective point of view, be a... Uh, innocent bystander, however you want to describe me, my job is to take the professional information that Madonna gives us and ask the questions that's going to make it digestible so that we can interpret and actually put it into practice. Because some of the things that Madonna learns when it comes to her formal education, uh, even though it it might make sense to some people, some people it won't. So we want to make sure that we chunk this down to the easiest, simplest form possible so that not only can you learn some things, but you could actually put it into practice because people say knowledge is power, but knowledge is not power. Application is knowledge is just knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you think something's going to happen because of knowledge, you're just wishing, you're just dreaming. It's all about the application. So I'm here just to ask the questions um, and make this stuff easily digestible because sometimes you're going to be saying things that I'm like, uh, what's that? You know, I'm just going to act like the innocent bystander who doesn't know what the heck an SOP does. 
So yeah. that's that's what I'm going to be doing here. <laughs> so thanks, Zach. How and why this podcast came about really is um, that is my mission and my purpose in life. I am very passionate as an SLP. And, uh, you know, Zach mentioned that we have Ace, our little one. Before having Ace, before motherhood, I was still passionate about being uh, a speech language pathologist. But after having our kiddo, it has definitely exponentially um, basically in increase my mission and my purpose and wanting to share as much value as I can with my professional and my personal experiences. So really making learning special, um, the, the reason why that came to be is because I want to empower parents through education and helping them take initiative and in being a huge part in their child's life to connect individuals and connect parents with their child and really making a big community and that support. So those three things is why uh, this podcast came about really. And another thing to tie on to that is one of our biggest family values is staying green. And what does it mean to stay green is always learning, always just growing. And part of parenthood, it's, it's like self-development, basically. So, Pretty much. Uh, now, yeah. now, before we do dive into those three tips, now, here's my first question to you. Like, if I just heard making learning special, okay, I could kind of understand what that means. But coming from you, let's hear from the, you know, from the horse's mouth. What is making learning special? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> it's, a it's a saying. You never heard that before? I know. I, I will have to tell you, everybody, as well, that I am a second language learner. I am teaching a some Tagalog. So some of these idioms are still a little tricky to me. A little background, <laughs> but um, anyways, what is making learning special? Back to Zach's question. So making learning special is really just mindfully parenting and meaningfully making those connections with your little one and those meaningful moments where you can give them some learning or teaching opportunities. That is how you make learning special. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So with that being said, let me go into those three tips and strategies and how you could make learning special. The very first one, this one's kind of simple, but we never really think about it, but it's positioning. What do I mean by positioning is getting down to your child's level. And why is that so huge and critical and important and why I stress that? Because getting in your child's level, you, it's an eye opener, you know, they always just see us as adults and they're bigger or we're bigger than them. And sometimes we don't see what they see, right? Um, one of the biggest uh, stories that, that I've taken away from this positioning part is I've, I heard it years and years and years ago, but it stuck to me because it was so, it was so big. It was like an aha moment. It was when this little child was drawing a picture. Um, he or she was probably three or four years old, right? Drawing a picture. And her teacher asked her, oh, what did you make? And she drew pictures, lines, just lines. And the little girl or the little boy said, oh, grownups. And the teacher and the parents, they were confused. Like, oh, she drew grownups. Okay, but where's the eyes? Where's the face? no face, right? And they realized that what she was drawing were the grown-up's legs because that's all she saw every day. 
you know, so she's a little one walking around and that's all she saw, their legs. So that just shows you their perspective. Get down on their level, see them eye to eye, and they'll feel comfort from that even. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that one because, I mean, first of all, it's sad to say that when a kid draws humans, they just draw legs. I mean, that almost feels like isolation, not, a, I don't want to say abandonment, but, uh, you know, isolation, like not connected with, not on their level, not a mutual level of respect. Because when I talk to Ace specifically, I do get down to his eye level because one, it shows him that I'm not only speaking, but I am listening too. It's kind of like creating that mutual respect and a different level of acknowledgement versus you just maybe shout something, hey, da, 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 you know, and he, he just shouts, okay, from a distance, right? When you make that connection, it just feels like there's a just a stronger level of acknowledgement and respect versus just kind of just talking literally physically down on your kid. Um, so that's, I mean, that's that's almost a sad story if you really think about it. Well, it's a it's an eye opener, right? Because right. positioning, it's you don't a really sad think one about it. <laughs> drawing a but, bunch of legs. You don't really think about it, but um, that's part of talking with your child, not talking at your child, right? right? The simple difference of that, because our kids are little humans. We want them to feel respected. Yeah, they need to be. Res- they need to feel respected. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, we're still parents, we still guide them and they don't know everything about the world, but that, that simple trick of just going down to their level is really helpful in making learning special. Then that really leads me to my point number two is following your child's lead. So what does it even mean to follow your child's lead? Zach? Can I get some input from you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm giving, guys, I'm giving you uh, my input of what, because she's asked me this before I actually knew what it was, and I still got it right. <laughs> so <laughs> when, you, when you're hearing follow your kid's lead, you want them to express and practice their, their creativity, and you want to play, play along with it. So for, for example, my kid has this little, little car that he likes to ride on, and one day it's a firefighter you know, a fire truck, sorry, the next day, it's a it's an ambulance, the next day, it's a bus, whatever he decides, it's going to be at that very moment in time, he says, Hey, do you want to hop on my bus, dad, I go, yep, let's roll, we go, we'll sing a little bus song, we'll do whatever we go, we'll make a few rounds. And then I play on his imagination. So I allow him to dictate what item we're playing with, and how he wants to portray that item, how he wants to, how he wants to use that item, like sometimes he'll use a this weird little wooden block and he'll pretend it's a hammer. So we'll pretend we're doing some kind of construction. And while we're doing that, I'll be like, Hey, can you give me a nail? Can you give me that, um, that tool? Oh, do you see that window? We need to hang the window up and that picture up and do this and that. So it's, it's really just allowing your kid to, to practice their creativity and playing on that. Yeah. So thanks for that. Definitely. That's part of following your child's lead. Great example. And part of that is also, you know, we're here teaching our kids, but we also want them to be creative as what Zach said. And what we're doing while we follow their lead is instead of when they're um, playing with a toy and they're playing with it the wrong, quote, quote, wrong way, instead of um, saying, oh, play with it this way, or maybe diverting their attention to something else, you're joining them in what they're doing and why that can be more powerful than, um, 
putting their focus into something else or teaching them how to play with something the right way is because they're focused on what they're doing and you can put more language in that and build more learning opportunities with what they're focused on versus if you take their focus on away on something else and they really want to focus on what they were concentrating on, right? It's kind of like you're teaching them, but they're, they don't have the buy-in because they want to concentrate on something else. This is where the following your lead comes in, where you're building very natural ways of interacting with your child, with what they are wanting to do. And I've seen this in my sessions. Um, I say that to my clients a lot. And part, not my, um, my clients are the kids and the parents. I tell them, oh, follow your child's lead. Let's see where it takes us. And sometimes those interactions bring us to so many different things, right? And it also just goes with imagination, even though they're not playing with something the right way. Yes, there's opportunities for you to teach them how to play with it the way you're supposed to play with it. But that's not the only way that you can that you can play with a toy, especially when they're trying to be creative. They're trying to be flexible. Remember that your child is a blank slate and from zero to five years old, that is where the um, most brain development happens, especially what research shows is that you want to maximize that zero to five-year-old range. And what better way than following your child's lead, really? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I'm glad that you you brought up the point about playing with toys the quote unquote wrong way. Cause I do actually see that very often where people will try to teach kids the right way to play with toys. Like, dude, it's a toy. You can do whatever you want. If you real, if you want to play with a real hammer, give them a real hammer. If you want to use it like a hammer, if they want to pretend that it's a, it's an airplane, guess what? It's an airplane. That's just the way it's going to be. So no, I'm glad that you brought that example up too, because that's something that I often see parents do. Um, and is it necessarily wrong? I don't know. You tell me. But I think they benefit much more when you just allow them to fully express their creativity, because that just gets their mind into a creative state to just increase that brain development just more and more and more. So uh, yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that part up because I actually forgot about that. No, that was good. Yeah, I mean, I'll give you one more example from that because um, this often happens where parents are reading a book with their child. No, 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 sit on my lap. No, 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 this is book reading. We have to go through every page. We have to read every right. line, right? Even as um, parents have very good intentions, definitely. We all have good intentions um, with our child. Like we know that literacy is important, right? But what I often see sometimes I tell parents, oh, let's take a step back. Let's follow their lead and see what they do with the book reading, right? Because what often happens is if we're forcing them to sit on our lap or go through a book, they're going to be more resistant to that rather than them, again, I'm going to say the word, taking the lead, flipping through the book and you uh, talking to them about what they're seeing, talking to them about what they're doing. So that's just another example for you. Yeah. Okay. No, that's good. What's a uh, hit us with number three. Yeah. So number three, this is simple, but not always easy, but it's play, just play very simple. And why I say it's not easy is because sometimes as adults, we lose, we lose our playfulness. We lose, lose our, the child in us, but it's helpful for us to play with our kids. It's also helpful for us as adults to just relax, be present and actually sit there, play with our child and um, be imaginative 
and do what they're doing. Yeah. So how do you play with Ace, right? <laughs> uh, well, I the way, you know, I, I feel like number three and two can actually be, be tied together because the way I play with Ace is sometimes I'll suggest things, but sometimes I do like number two and I follow the lead. Like, right, sometimes Ace will go up mm -hmm. to me and be like, daddy, can you pick me up? I'm like, okay. And I pick him up thinking he just wants to kick it. Like, you know, all right, let's just hang out. No, he goes, there's a scary T-Rex coming. <laughs> and all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's like, you have to be quiet and tippy toe that way, go that way. Okay, oh, no, there's over lava. There. There's <laughs> lava, the floor is lava. And I have to tell him, hey, okay, okay. But you know, I'm hungry. So wait, say time out. And it turns to lava rocks. Now we can walk on it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, what I think playing is, it's absolutely crucial. And what I think now coming from, again, just an objective point of view, what I, and what I've personally noticed myself is when I see people playing with their kids, they don't play with their kids 100%. And I'm not talking about just allowing them to lead the way I'm talking about external distractions. I'm talking about notifications going off all over the place on their TVs, on their laptops, on their computer, on their phone, uh, talking to, uh, you know, other people and just getting distracted and doing things because they feel like they need to stay, you know, quote unquote productive when really being productive is, is parenting your kid in, in a quality way. That to me is productive. The time that we invest into ACE, the way that we play with him, the quality time we spend with him is productive for me. Because we're responsible when we decided to create a little human being, we took on the responsibility to inherit, like to put into him everything that we know and give him the most, the most opportunity to, again, express his creativity, to practice his, his physical athleticism, right? Like I like to, I put together a little, when we did a little lava drill, uh, actually a couple of days ago, I put the four pillows on the floor and then I made him climb up the slide. I said, all right, time in floors, lava. How are you going to get to this other couch? You Hashtag know, I, making learning special. Right there we there, go. In a natural way. <laughs> there we go. In a natural way. Yeah. But I, I just feel like, you know, when it comes to playing, it's not just about quantity of playing too. Uh, like I like to say, it, it, you're better off playing with your kid for one hour straight and then doing some work for an hour. And I don't want to say ignoring because it sounds bad, but ignoring your kid for an hour versus just doing some kind of, you know, I'm, I'm kind of playing with them, kind of not. He's trying to talk to me and get some engagement out of me get responses out of me but i'm kind of just like responding to texts and emails and here and there for a couple hours straight i'd rather do it where i'm giving him that 100 focus when it's his hour of time uh, and again correct me if i'm wrong but what, what do you feel would be a better approach in that particular circumstance because there's a lot of people especially right now who are working from home who are kind of trying to balance between paying attention to their kid and doing work so what do you think is better hyper focus work hyper focus kid or just kind of like eh, balancing it between the two yeah, and this is where that raw and honest parent conversation comes in, right? We are here because, um, you know, I'm not, um, I'm not here to be like, oh, play, play with your child. It's not good when you're not playing with your child kind of thing. But honestly, as a parent, we are here to mindfully and meaningfully connect with our children. And there's going to be times and days when we um, have work, we have busy lives, all these things happen, life happens, but that's why um, we're giving you this information to keep kind of that reminder, you know, play with your child, follow their lead, whether it be 10 minutes or an hour, just um, you have this information and what are you going to do with it, right? And you're right about that 100% 
being present. Who doesn't want to, um, you know, with a spouse, with another family member, with a friend, especially with your child who's learning and growing and you are their first teacher, wouldn't you want to be there present with them? Yeah. And you know what? Some parents might not know how to play with your child. That might be kind of tricky, but that's where we'll be going into a little bit of that in a few episodes too, of how do we even play with it? Um, with your child how do i play right i have but, an idea follow follow their lead <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> that's a great that's a great yes. start <laughs> don't be scared to be silly don't be scared to be playful go outside the box just be a kid with your kid and you'll see a lot of learning opportunities coming from that play is an avenue for learning play is an avenue for language development there's just so much power and how do we learn by playing. A child's work is play. All these different things, right? And we have to put our effort in there as parents to mindfully make these connections with them, right? And um, help them learn and play in this way where we can. That's where it is. Honest conversation is we don't always, um, we're not always 100% playing with Ace. You know, Zach and I both have our own businesses and we're working, but we do make an effort to be 100% with him when we can. And that's um, through him working, which is play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, you're right. And by no means are we the perfect parents. Like you yeah. say, sometimes, you know, life happens. Sometimes things get busy. Sometimes uh nannies call out sick you know (laughs) things things happen life happens right so there's no perfect circumstances where everybody's going to be able to demonstrate every single thing that we're talking about that's just idea you know idealistic thinking and that's just not the reality of the world so uh i think i think this episode was good so to to sum this up again let's, let's let's talk about it so number one we're talking positioning we're talking about not talking down to your kid, but actually getting on eye level with your kid, showing that mutual respect, get that actual acknowledgement, that connection, that engagement with them. That's a powerful one. Number two, follow their lead, allow them to express their creativity, allow them to use toys wrong, quote unquote, and follow their lead, play into whatever it is that they want to do. If they want to pretend the floor is hot lava, guess what? It's hot lava. We're allowing them to do these things. And number three, which is pretty much tied into number two, is play. Don't be afraid of looking silly or acting silly. Their full-time job, I like that you mentioned, I like that you said this, their, their job is to play. Besides eating and sleeping, they are full-time play kids. So I actually like that you said that and you have to give into that and you have to understand that you, part of your job as a parent is to get hands-on with them, follow their lead yep. and spend some quality time with them distraction-free. Because another thing that you mentioned that I like is, how would you feel if, you know, you were, te- you were talking to somebody else and they were just like kind of texting on the side, emailing on the side, not, you know, half paying attention. You would feel disrespected. You'd, you'd feel not listened to. You'd feel like you're like, eh, I guess I'm just secondary to whatever the heck he's looking at on that screen. Right. So that's actually very powerful too, because I was like, oh shoot, I never actually really thought about it like that, but they're just little humans. So that's something that you don't want them to get accustomed to. And if they do get accustomed to it, that's actually kind of sad. Just like the whole positioning story with the kid drawing the legs, right? You don't want your kid to be ignored so much that they accept that as a reality of their life. So when you're going to play with your kids, spend some quality time with them. Put everything down and just carve out some time where it's just you, him or her, or them, whatever, however many kids you got, 
and just get down dirty and just play with the kids. I think this was this was a good episode and we covered, you know, three very basic yet powerful strategies to make learning special. Exactly. And you know, we have episodes every week, so stay tuned for them. And this is a great way to end the first episode. Now, let's go out there, build strong minds and make meaningful relationships by making learning special with our little ones. Bye. See you next time.